to Nerd's Eye View. I'm Andrew, and this is a very different episode. Normally you'd hear a movie review and some talk about the box office top 10 for the weekend. We took a week off, partly because we didn't like the look of anything in theaters, but also because our own Matt Esposito got married. Congrats, little Espy. Instead of getting no episode, I edited together some of our Guess the Ending segments from episodes 52, 54, 56, and 58. Hope you enjoy listening. Guess the ending. You'll never guess how it ends. The it dictator shoots him. Um, so yeah, that means we were up to new releases. And this week in new releases, we have Beauty and the Beast. I heard good things about this one. And then there's Contraband. I heard good things about this one. <laughs> no. The Divide. I heard good things about this one. The Iron Lady, which you can just skip over. I heard good things about that one. <laughs> and Joyful Noise. And Lucy's. I'll tell you something about that one. It's so long you need two ands. <laughs> Alright. Alright, and so the game is Guess the Ending, and how do we play this game exactly? Well, each one of us picks one of these... Uh, movies that are being released in theaters this weekend, and we we based on what we've read, what we know about it, I guess we kind of give our take on how how it's going to end. And Tom, you're you're leading off. All right, I chose the Iron Lady, and I decided to choose this one after I saw the trailer for the artist, simply for the line, the Falkland line, Falkland Islands belong to England, and I want them back. So that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> so basically. She grew up, somehow she has this affinity for the Falkland Islands, and now that she has this power, she's like, hmm, I want my Falkland Islands back. And except she's kind of a greedy Daniel Plainview type of chick, and she gets really maniacal. She tries against France and a um, country next to France on her side, and Libya. it gets a little weird, and she starts sending fire pilots out, and Jim Broadman, who is too old to be flying a fire pilot, does it because she doesn't trust anyone else. And he becomes the hero. He becomes the red-tailed. And pretty much from there, it becomes a big war. And then suddenly, after she wins, she decides to go to visit the Falkland Islands, where she gets met by some native chipmunks. And from there, the chipmunks like, this is our island. It's like, no, they're my Falkland Islands. Like, oh, yeah? So there's this big battle between um, Meryl Streep and the Chipmunks, and it gets really wild, and um, some other natives come by and say, oh, don't trust those Chipmunks, they're just lunatics or whatever. And so they become cannibals, eat the Chipmunks, and they celebrate over a fire, have some kabuki dinner, and suddenly it's like, these are the Falkland Islands I deserve. I'm going to drop out of being a political figure and just, do whatever it is you Falkers do. And that's the end of the movie. You're such a Falker. Then the sequel is called Meet the Falkers. I don't know. I was going to go with the island. The Iron Island. I like Falcon. based on a, a, a British version of There Will Be Blood, There Will Be Petrol. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, it comes to me. I chose to do to guess the ending for the film known as Joyful Noise. We did the trailer for this a few weeks back. Which one was that one? It's about it's, breaking hair. It's about uh, Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton. Oh. And Kiki. Don't forget Kiki. Uh, leading choirs. Uh, the 
description for joyful noise goes as follows. Two choir members are having different, differing opinions on how to win the national choir competition. I love when it's just one sentence. It's one sentence, and it just gives you that. Alrighty, here we go. Queen Latifah, she's been running the church choir for a long time. She feels like she's got all these people really good, but every time they go to competition, it just sort of falls flat. They don't know. They go to regionals, nothing really happens there. I mean, you know, she's not really getting anywhere with this choir. And so Dolly Parton comes in. She's new in town, and she's like, well, at my old church, we used to do it like this. And there was hip-hop, all these crazy dance moves, and it's like... Well, how, you know, that's not church music, but then eventually she wins everybody over and they start going. And then when they get to the competition, uh, they find that the competition has been canceled because nobody really cares. And You're then so cruel. Kiki, Kiki sings a solo outside of the theater and finds her true love. Oh, that makes more sense. You're going anticlimactic for a second. I was going to boo you. <laughs> right? No, what? you have to resolve the love angle. Um, so it's like Sister Act? Yes. Okay. Well, with the sequel. <laughs> Who's in the sequel? Uh, Whoopi. Whoopi! She's, she's, she's not doing, doing anything right now. <laughs> she's not, no. She has a view on it, but I mean, what? Um, so, so you're going to tell us about Lucy. I have chosen Lucy's. Um, <sighs> all right, so it says, A young pickpocket in the New York subways is confronted by a woman who he had a uh, one-night affair whom he had a one-night affair with, I would think would be the next word there. Whom he had Who a one-night wrote affair these? with. <laughs> Did you copy and paste poorly? Yep. No, I copied and pasted exactly how IMDb had All right. All right. So it says it's starring Peter Facinelli, Jamie Alexander, Michael Madsen, Vincent Gallo, and Joe uh, Pantoliano. So a bunch of uh, B-minus, C-level uh, <laughs> uh, Italians here, minus Michael Madsen. He's enchanted. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also uh, well, Mr. Black. Was he Mr. Black? Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, He's stuck I in the middle. Was he you. blue? I don't remember. No, no, blue died. Yeah, blue died. Well, they all died. Wow. Okay. So Lucy's. Uh, we'll just go ahead and say that Peter Facinelli is the young pickpocket, um, and. He's in the New York subway, so like, hey, I, I only live in the New York subways. This is where I I pick everyone's pockets in the New York subways because I'm a New Yorker and I'm Italian too, eh? Where's my meatball? I only get it in the subways. And his rival, well, we'll, we'll say that Michael Manson is his good friend. And Vincent Gallo and Joe Panto, uh, Pantoliano are, are um, uh, they were once friends with Peter Facinelli and Michael Madsen, but because Peter Facinelli decided to live his life as a pickpocket in the New York subways, they just couldn't get down with that, and they started to um, pickpocket above ground. And so um, they decide that there's more money down ground, down to the ground, underneath the ground. Down, down ground. Um, down ground. Like downtown, and, but ground. Yes. And so they go down there, and so then they rival Michael Madsen and Peter Facinelli. And Jamie Alexander is the woman that Peter Facinelli had a one-night stand with. Coincidentally, she also is Vincent... Uh, we'll go Joe Pantoliano. He's her uh, sister. And so he's like, Hey, I knew you had sex with my sister. You had you did good with her, and you she was real Lucy and everything. <laughs> um, and, 
And I can't believe you did that to my sister. And you never call her. And Peter Fatchin, is like, hey, well, I don't like to call her because she, she was very loosey. And I was like, hey, I don't want to get down with that. I mean, she just died. Sorry or whatever. I'm running the subways here. And so some point in time in the movie, there's a big fight scene in the subway because uh, Peter Facinelli tries to pickpocket uh, one of Vincent Gallo's targets. And so they, they fight over that. And uh, it, it, uh, in the fight, Michael Madsen gets a, uh, say a I don't know, lead pipe. Just magically, he has a lead pipe. He pulled it off the wall because he's so strong like that. But Michael Madsen's a big guy, big, scary guy. And, um, and then, then they, they fight, and then they keep on fighting. And then Jamie Alexander goes, Why are you guys fighting? Stop your fighting! Um, and, and they go, Hey, shut up, you stupid broad. Hey, don't you talk to my sister like that. And then he goes, Hey, I'll get you. And she goes, No, stop fighting, please. Stop fighting. And then she opens up the subway door there, one of the, the carts. Thank you. Can you do that again, please? And out walks little Peter Facinelli Jr. Oh. And then he becomes a good dad. He lives an honest, respectful life. And yeah, we'll say he's a, a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Alrighty then. So if any of you out there go and see these films. I uh, don't know why you see Iron Lady, but okay. Yeah, each of these you could probably see. Lucy sounds like a TV movie. Right. <laughs> so if you see these movies and you want to tell us if our endings are correct or wrong or whatever, send us an email nevpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at nevpodcast because we've been living a whole life I don't know what that is that's from the the, the Queen of Latifah movie oh, that's wow. Dolly Parton song I don't know. that's remember. not Dolly Parton song that was Usher whatever anyway. but, but she was singing it but it doesn't mean it's hers but in the movie it's hers she owns it and now it's time for guess the ending you'll never guess how it ends yeah the war ends the horse was the lesbian the vampire was a werewolf the dog did it yeah that's a great <laughs> ending you guessed there benson thank you um so new releases coming out this week tom or what uh the new releases for this week include coriolanus haywire red tails and underworld awakening and what do we play this game um, each one of us picks one of these, and then we try to guess the ending of this movie based on the synopsis that we have on this little sheet. Also, the synopsis you probably find on like Fandango or the Internet Movie Database. dot com. Right. So, who do we want to start with? We will start with our Andrew Lindy right here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally not the way that it is on the paper. Okay. This is going haywire, Mister. I've never seen any of these movies. Nope. I chose the movie Underworld Awakening. And I haven't seen any of the three preceding it. I have nothing, no knowledge of what's going on here. Here's the description I'm I have. Sad that Michael Sheen's not in this. When human forces... Oh, I wish he was. When human forces discover the existence of the vampire and lichen clans, a war to eradicate both species... Species... Both the species... Yeah, that'd be double C if it was... <laughs> yes. Commences. The vampire warrior Selene leads the battle against humankind. Selene. It's Kate Beckinsale. That's what it really is. She's going to be in two top movies two weeks in a row. That's what she does. Anyway. Here we go. Underworld Awakening. 
We're in a world of vampires and werewolves, also known as lichens. Humans have found out that they exist, and this vampire warrior is awoken from cryogenic sleep, as we saw in the trailer, or something. And she's traveling now with this group of vampires, and they're like, we have to kill all the humans. And it's like, well, then who are we going to eat? And she's like, oh, okay. Well, let's kill the bad ones. We'll eat them. We'll drink their blood. And then we'll be fine. And then they run into the group of the werewolves, and they're like, oh, no, we got to fight them now. So then they're fighting them. And then the humans come and they're like, oh, great, we can just nuke all of them. And they're like, wait, we're not in Raccoon City. So then they go, oh, okay, well, yeah, we don't have a nuke. We're not fighting zombies. And so then one of them is like, wait, did you say zombies? That's a great idea for a sequel. And he's like, oh, no, 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 never mind. We're in this movie right now. We're awakening. And then he wakes up and he goes, wow, that was a really weird dream. Were all four movies part of the dream or just this one? Yeah, all of them. Okay. I don't know, maybe just this one. <laughs> I don't, you have to stay tuned for the next one. Okay, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. So, who do we go to from here? You spoke. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, I have nothing for this one, but I wanted to do one that wasn't going to make me sound like a racist or an idiot, so I decided to go with Haywire, uh, which is a black op super soldier seeks payback after she's betrayed and set up during a mission. Well, what is she set up on? She's set up on this mission, and she's decided to get payback, so she stops by the bank. And she meets up with her friend Ewan McGregor, who works at the bank, so she gets money from him. And then she decides to buy a hamburger from the shop down the street. And from there, she meets up with Channing Tatum, and they have a good time. It's like, hey, remember this? Remember that? It's like, yeah, I remember being a black ops. It was a good time. It's like, hey, you want to go to Disneyland? You pulled money out of the bank. It's like, sure. So they go down to Disneyland. And for some reason, because it's a title infringement, this is a different production company. They're not allowed to show that footage. So it's just uh, about 20 minutes of uh, missing scenes. And from there, they decide to go back home, watch some movies. But since those are also Disney, there's missing scenes and missing scenes. So you don't know what really happens. But in the end, they get married. But Channing Tatum dumps him for... Uh, the check from the vow, and the vow starts up. <laughs> wow. Didn't know those two movies would end up being connected. Yeah. They were always meant to be connected. Well, can I tell a quick story? I quick at, story. Uh, Barnes & Noble. Someone called up yesterday looking for the book The Vow Was Based On. Based on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to look up the The Vow Was Not Based On A Book. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's not Nicholas Sparks' book? Nope. <laughs> Although they advertise it. The two leads are from Nicholas Sparks' movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have Coriolanus. 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 And directed by Ralph Fiennes. Coincidentally starring Ralph Fiennes. Interesting, I see what you did there. Also, Gerard Butler, Brian Cox, and uh, Jessica Chastain, whoever that is. She's uh, Brandy Chastain's sister. She was in The Help. I don't yeah. know what that is. She was in Tree of Life. Well, well then she's not the sister of a U- former U.S. women's soccer player. <laughs> and the synopsis for this movie is a banished hero of Rome allies with a sworn enemy to take his revenge on that whole entire blasted Rome. And so, for the sake of this movie, we'll say that because he defended Sparta, Gerard Butler also was a hero of Rome. And Ralph Fiennes um, is the sworn enemy Brian Cox is the old man that runs Rome, 
and Jessica Chastain is his wife. We'll just go with that. Does that make sense? We on board? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastico. So, at the beginning of the movie, Ralph, uh, not Ralph Fiennes, uh, Brian Cox meets up with Gerard Butler. Jessica Chastain's there as well because she's a woman and, you know, they wanted to have her there because, you know, women are needed. We'll just go with that. And they're like, you know, Gerard Butler, you, you've, you've saved us. You've defended our city so many times. You're, you're a hero and, and we love you for it. Um, but our city is in danger once again. We have gotten word that our sworn enemy, Ralph Fiennes, and his army are coming to attack, and they have something that we cannot defend. But we have no intelligence of what this is. Can you save us once again, hero? And Gerard Butler's like, I saved Sparta! I can save you! And, like, Brian Cox says, that's exactly why we have you. We love you, Gerard Butler. And so, Gerard Butler is on the battlefield, and he's making his way through Millions and millions of enemies, because that's what Ralph Fiennes has, because you know, he, re he recouped after they lost the battle the last time. And he gets to a point where he's about to fight Ralph Fiennes. He's about to kill him. We'll just say that they were in battle, they were in combat, and he got to that classic scene where you, know, you knock a guy down and your sword is right at their neck. It's that classic scene. You've seen that in every movie, including The Notebook. Uh, what? And and Ralph Fiennes says, do it. I want an honorable death. And Gerard Butler says, you're not an honorable man. You tried to take our city. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Gerard Butler gets stabbed in the back. Dun, 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 dun. Uh. And Brian Cox goes, I stabbed Jason Bourne in the back. I'll stab you in the back. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. There. You're damn right. <laughs> You're dad right. Second, second one in this description <laughs> mm -hmm. to do such a thing. <laughs> and so Gerard Butler is lying there, bleeding almost to death. But Ralph Hines is like, that is not an honorable way to go out. I cannot allow this. I will heal you. I will mend you. And they form a camaraderie, similar to um, like in True Legend with the, with the old lady that helps the, 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 old, the man out. And they're like, Let's do this. We're going to take back Rome. And we're going to get rid of that evil ruler. Because he stabbed me in the back. And so they kill him. And Jessica Chastain is like, Hey, don't kill me. It wasn't my idea. I'm just a woman. And um, so they're like, Get in the kitchen, woman. And make a stew. For the rest of your life. She's like, Alright, but just don't kill me. Yeah, if you make us a stew, we won't kill you. That's, that's kind of what we just said here. And the city of Rome is happily ever after. The end. It's a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an epic. <laughs> okay, so I've got Red Tails, directed by Anthony Hemingway, produced by George Lucas, starring Nate Parker, <laughs> David Oyelo. There's a lot of O's towards the end there. I'm kind of lost. Uh, There's only two. Shut up. <laughs> Ni Yo. I think it's Neo. Ne I say Neo. 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 And dun dun dun. And Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. He's cooking. Here. A crew of African American pilots in a ski training program, having faced segregation while kept mostly on the ground during World War II, are called to duty under the guidance of Colonel A.J. Bullard. 
All right, so when I see it, uh, Nate Parker is like a farm boy. Uh, Brian Cranston calls on him to say, hey, you got to help me fight the... Hey, farm boy. So, hey, farm boy. you got to help me fight the Nazis, see? And he says, I can't... See? see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Nate Parker says he can't because he's got to help his aunt and uncle with the harvest. He can't leave. And then uh, the Nazis actually send some troops into oh, Oklahoma, yeah. and they destroy... They burn down the farm and kill his aunt and uncle. So he's like, hey... I'm bummed that my aunt and uncle are dead, but now that means I can go fight the Nazis. So they go to, like, a seedy bar where they find, like, a, a pilot to help them, you know, fly into, <laughs> across the Atlantic over to fight to join the war. <laughs> it's like a sort of suave, cocky guy and his uh, very hirsute sidekick. So they fly over. Um, I find out that the Nazis have this, this giant spherical uh, battleship they built that can destroy all of uh, the UK in one, one shot. So they say, hey, we got to blow this up. Uh, Nate Parker, he learns some lessons. He uh, he becomes a better pilot. He already was a good pilot. He becomes a better one. He uh, at one point he finds out Hitler is actually his father, uh, which is a big shock. It's I thought that was in the sequel. No, it's in this one. It's all it's all compacted into this one. Okay. That Take that, Harry Potter. Yeah. So he finds out Hitler is his father. He say he cuts off his hands, and then they blow up the ship twice, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Nazis are defeated, and that's the end. Alrighty, wow. And, and there's celebrations in a foreign language you can't understand. I can't French, wait until they make a prequel to this to show <laughs> how Hitler <laughs> became a bad guy. became the, the this guy's father. Yeah. Yeah. Really crazy. Yeah, because yeah, he started out as a simple painter boy. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, He's a painter boy. He said, then... see you later, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And pretty much we're going to play against the ending, which works as follows. Matt, go. Uh, each one of us pick one of these movies, and then we read the synopsis, and then we try to guess the ending uh, based on whatever information, prior information we had of the movie coming into it, or even not that. And, uh, Tom, you are the leadoff man here. Ah, uh, yes, I am. And I chose Man on the Ledge, which is as follows. As a police psychologist works to talk down an ex-con who is threatening to jump from a Manhattan hotel roof, Biggest time the highest ever committed is in motion. Why is there an ellipsis? Why is there no exactly right? Dun, 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 dun. It makes no sense. I Did feel you like really just pull it up and had ellipses. Yes, on? it has ellipses. I feel like Denzel Washington should be in this movie. And I'm pretty much gonna. He's either the man on the ledge or the psychiatrist. The inside man. Okay, so go for it, Tom. Here's how it goes. Sam Worthington's a nice little guy. He works in an office. When one day he gets this message like, "Follow the white rabbits." Like, what does this mean? And all of a sudden. These agents start storming the building. In fact, it's this police psychologist that they talk about. For some reason, the psychologist went psycho, and now he's raiding the building. He's like, if you want to live, actually, this computer, if you want to live, you have to follow me. Move an ISA and all this stuff. And so he does, as he says, trying to outscape him. And suddenly, he manages to run out onto the ledge. And pretty much, it doesn't end well for him. And he jumps. And he dies. They're like, don't worry, we'll catch you. Oh, we misjudged that one. Yeah. Oh, wind resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take that into consideration. Yeah, sorry. You should have I, been wearing a windbreaker. I went for the really obvious <laughs> joke there. Andrew. All right, we need to talk about Kevin. Has he been doing drugs again? Uh, you'll find out. Ooh. We need to talk about Kevin as a film described as such. The mother of a teenage boy who went on a high school killing spree tries to deal with her grief 
and feelings of responsibility for her child's actions. I thought I have something by now. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, so it's Tilda Swinton is the mother, and uh, John C. Riley is the father. Talk about a power couple. Uh, <laughs> he really settled. Anyway, <laughs> that's the joke. Anyway. I got you. They have this child who they raise as the best they can, but uh, she is sort of what they call a tiger mom, where they're like, you gotta get A's, and you gotta do this, or I'm gonna be really mad at you, and pushing them to do all this stuff. And the father's like a real macho guy. Like he had a football past and, uh, he was a hunter and he takes his son hunting and, uh, he's like, Oh, you know, this is the best thing you can do in life is go hunting. And, uh, the man in the wild. And, uh, he gives the speech from deliverance that Burt Reynolds does. Why and did then, you look at me? <laughs> Cause you, you love Burt Reynolds. I never saw that. I'm oh, sorry. I have to look to the <laughs> resident beardy. I've never seen Deliverance. <laughs> well, you know his mustache. That's true. That anyway, he, that see true. It. he was in it. Uh, so the son gets this sort of warped perception of the world. Warped and that's perceptions. what <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, horrible killing spree, and afterwards the mother says, what did I do wrong? And she retraces her steps um, by kidnapping another child and using him as a surrogate to try and figure out what she did wrong with the first one. Um, and that child's name is Kevin. And so at the very end, the, psychi- <laughs> the d- police come up to her and say, we need to talk about Kevin. He's been arrested for <laughs> cross-dressing in public. <laughs> All right, so uh, I have chosen Albert Nobbs. Um, <laughs> the title gets funnier every time you say it. <laughs> it's starring Glenn Close, Mia Wasikowska. And Glenn Close has some knobs. Aaron Johnson uh, and uh, Jonathan Reese myers And it is as follows. Glenn Close plays a woman passing as a man in order to Again. work and survive in 19th century Ireland. Some 30 years after donning men's clothing, she finds herself trapped in a prison of her own making. Ooh, she made a prison. Da, 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 da. Okay, so I'm going to just go ahead and say she, uh, she worked, like, in an iron mine in Ireland. In all Ireland. Oh. And they sing whistle while we work. Lottie, they were in Ireland, and um, and so after, after every time after 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 the, the, the mine closed down, and they were done doing their work, and they worked really hard in those mines, those men in those mines. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to look at. And so after they were working in the mines, they went down to the pub afterwards and had a great uh, pint of Guinness, and they enjoyed themselves with many conversations. She did this for thirty years. And uh, she had a terrible mustache. Like, if you've ever seen Shakespeare in Love, the, the mustache that, uh, what's the, who's the? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. That Gwyneth Paltrow wears. It's very much that similar to that, which hipsters now wear these days, but I digress. Whoosh. Um, and so, uh, uh, she tries to uh, f- fall in love with a man, but this is 19th century Ireland, and you can't fall in love with a man, Milady. And so, she's really discouraged at that, and... Um, uh, she tries to go out in society as a woman, um, still hang with the men, but they're like, hey, you're a lassie, we don't, we, you can't be watching the football with us like that, mm-hmm, we don't do that, um, go in and make us some uh, biscuits, uh, Laddie, and she's like, no, I'm a woman, but I, 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 I have men qualities like you, I'm just as equal as you, and so it's a, a big fight for her, uh, for her womanhood. And uh, and Jonathan Rhys Myers <laughs> is uh, is he's there too, but he's from England. In fact, uh, he was a uh, exiled bloody king of England. And um, and, and so she's like, 
uh, you understand me, right? And he's like, yes, because I'm the king of England. And, and she's like, well, okay, that's great. Um, can you help me so I fit in? I want women's liberation here in Ireland because we are essentially the bastards of the bloody king of England. Yes, but it's not my fault. And so it's a struggle for her women's liberation, and she gets it, the end. Wow. I'd like to think that I did Mrs. Doubtfire pretty well. Today, today. We're all Jamaican at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, if any of you go out and see any of these films, uh, you can email us at, at nevpodcast at gmail.com and tell us if any of our endings are correct, even a little bit. I think Tom's is right. Tom's is spot on. So we're going to guess the endings of these films. Tom, what is the film that you're going to guess the ending to? I decide to guess the ending to Big Miracle, based on true story, starring Ted Danson. <laughs> and it is as follows. In small-town Alaska, a news reporter recruits his ex-girlfriend, a Greenpeace volunteer, on a campaign to save a family of gray whales trapped by rapidly forming ice in the Arctic Circle. Well, pretty much, there's a bunch of Alaskans up there, and they're walking around, and all of a sudden they see this whale in the ground, and it's like, screaming, help me, help me. Like, we gotta get someone involved. Hmm, hey, you, don't you have an ex-girlfriend who was a Greenpeace volunteer? It's like, sure was, let's go get her. And so they begin doing that. It's like, how can we get him out of this ice? Because clearly, they're like, I don't know, a few miles inland or whatever, and they can't get out. So it's like, I know, let's start global warming. And so pretty much, they begin finding ways to make the atmosphere heat up faster and faster. Little do they know that while they're freeing the whales, they're also flooding the town. So pretty much, now they have to figure out what do they do. And surprise, surprise, they get a guest appearance by Al Gore, who <laughs> comes in and negotiates a way to solve global warming without letting the whales die in the ice. And from there, Al Gore becomes um, the governor of Alaska. Hey, you didn't win an election, but you did become governor of Alaska. Which technically wow. would have to win an election I'd, to do. <laughs> nah, they just, the whales appointed him. That's the whales pointing. I was going to say, is that Morse code? In, <laughs> yeah, and they're speaking to Aquaman now? Or how, Do you remember in the old um, Justice League, yes. or Justice, whatever they called it, it would, that would be how Aquaman talked. It was weird echolocation. Noises. We need Harlan Williams to come in and make some sort of animal sound. <sighs> yes. Oh, yeah. I decided to tackle the film called the Woman in Black. Woman it has in Daniel Black. Radcliffe in it, which is pretty much all you need to know. No, uh, the, the description uh, is as follows. A young lawyer travels to a remote village where he discovers the vengeful ghost of a scorned woman is terrorizing the locals. Ooh. Don't terrorize my locals. All right, so uh, Daniel Radcliffe is the young lawyer, and he's trying to represent the estate of this house, and he has to go and check it out and make sure you know everything uh, checks out real good. But the family that's uh, currently living there, or used to live there, or whatever, the, the border-type people, they're saying, oh, no, there's, like, creepy noises, and our children are scared, and, like, there's this weird story that people tell about this house, I don't know. Daniel Radcliffe is like, I got this. I have my, my three good friends and a dog, and we're going to stay the night in this house. It's going to be really great. We'll, we'll handle this. I'm a lawyer, uh, my, all my good friends, and, and the dog. So... They go, and as they're uh, walking through the house, um, some weird 60s music comes on, and they're being chased by this woman in black. And they're running, and the dog goes, row, row, and uh, 
They're all sort of scared, and Denrak Glyph is like, it's okay, I took my Harry Potter snacks. Nom, nom, nom. And then he has a wand, he fights off the uh, woman in black, who's actually Dementor, and it turns out this is a unproduced, unauthorized um, Harry Potter sequel. Why? Because he's going to bank on that for the rest of his life. Yeah, but can't you at least let him do one original project? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you going to be so mean, Andrew? Anyways, I have chosen Chronicle, directed by Josh Trank. Who's Josh Trank? I have no idea. And it is as follows. Three high school friends gain superpowers after making an incredible discovery. Soon, though, they find their lives spinning out of control and their bond tested as they embrace the darker sides. So we'll say these three high school friends, they're walking home one day, and uh, one guy, he trips over something, it's like a crate, and he's like, hey man, who put this crate here? I don't know, let's see what's inside of it. And they all open the crate at the same time, and all of a sudden comes this big beam of light, and that's how they get their superpowers. And cut to like the scene in the trailer where they're in the car, and then they make the... Uh, the hood pop-up of that guy's truck behind them. Um, and they're like, hey, man, you shouldn't do that. Why'd you kill that guy? Hey, I'm just exploring my other side, man. I'm just exploring my wild thoughts. Um, you know, just just seeing how my powers work, you know? You know, all these people, they, they try to hold us down because we're kids, and they say we're not, we're not good because we don't know anything. Well, I know that I can do this, and I'm good, and... The other friends are like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. That's not that's not the right way. That's not good, man. Just don't do that. Um, I've been watching a lot of Easy Rider. Um, yeah. And uh, so the, the, the outcast is kind of like, hey, you can't tell me what to do. And I'm just going to go off and do my things. And I'm going to get friends who, who agree with me. And um, I'll, I'll be their leader. And... And they're like, hey, no, don't leave us. We're friends. You can't do that. We'll, we're not going to let you do that. And so then they get other friends that join them. They're like, hey, we got to stop this guy because he's doing bad things. And then there's this big battle scene where everything's like being thrown around and, and they, all these powers. And it's really just CGI. Um, and, and then all of a sudden there's smoke and rubble. And at the end of the rubble are the three friends, and they're exhausted from fighting each other. And they're like, I don't even know what we're fighting for anymore, man. The end. That sounds a little bit like this movie that came out a few years ago called The Co Covenant? The Covenant, yes. Oh my goodness. It's the freaking same thing! How do you know The Covenant? It's a terrible movie. I've seen oh the trailer for that. I saw the trailer for that a million times. It's I a had, terrible movie. I ended movie. up having to watch that. It's oh terrible. Man. I've seen bits and pieces. That is terrible. It was really ridiculous. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeup by Silent Partner from the YouTube Audio Library. The logo is from Justin Kizlan of Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Nerds of You is a part of the Benview Network. Go to benviewnetwork.com to check out all of our other podcasts on the network. You can check out our website at nevpodcast.com and contact us at nevpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at nevpodcast. My personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. Thanks for listening. 
Hi, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we are the hosts of Radio Brendo Man on the Benview Network. We talk about all kinds of stuff on our podcast. Like what? Like toys and movies and video games and books and other stuff. Poo. Talk about poo? Definitely talk about poo. And you, if, you, if that sounds cool to you and we talk about it every week, go to RadioBrendo.com or go to our page on BenviewNetwork.com. And yeah, thanks a lot. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.